Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Waiting Room, the show that challenges you to thrive, not just survive in every area of your life. This is your host, Rue, and in this podcast, we'll be talking about the realities of waiting in every season of life. How we wait is more important than the wait itself, so waiting well is what matters. In this episode, I'll be talking about being unequally yoked. episode I talked about waiting well as a single and using the season to grow and become the person that God wants you to be. So if you need to, you can listen back to the previous episode and catch up. Today, I'm going to talk about one of the perils of singleness, which is compromise. So sometimes when a person has been single for a long time, there is a temptation to compromise and settle as far as what they're looking for in a relationship for what seems to be convenient or what seems to be available at that time, despite what they believe and what they know to be true and right. However, this compromise never turns out how they expected. The term unequally yoked I used in the beginning is actually a biblical term. So for those of you that might not be familiar with it, it, it's a verse in the Bible where It says that Christians should not be unequally yoked, in other words, married to unbelievers. And this is against God's law. This is against God's desires. And this is something that is clear throughout scripture that, you know, God does not like it when believers marry unbelievers. So the term itself actually has agricultural origins. So basically, when a stronger or taller ox and a weaker or shorter one are paired together to work in a field, the weaker one or shorter one would walk more slowly than the stronger one, causing the load to go in circles. So whether they're plowing or carrying a load, they end up, instead of going in a straight line, they end up just going in circles. So this is the imagery that he was giving us in saying to not be unequally yoked. So when a Christian marries a non-Christian, instead of moving ahead in the kingdom of God and excelling, they just keep going in circles, you know, fighting battles that could have been avoided had they been equally yoked. So from my observation, there's two types of unequal yoking that I have notice. The first one is a Christian marrying an unbeliever. So this is in direct disobedience to God's law. If you claim that you're a Christian and you are living by the word of God, this should not even be an issue. We should know that this is a no-go. Okay. This is offensive to God on so many levels, and he specifically tells us not to do it because he's God and he knows the beginning from the end and he knows the trials that are going to come from this. And, you know, it's almost like you are committing adultery. So my suggestion would be to take heed and wait until God brings somebody in your life who is a believer, who loves God, who puts them first before you decide to enter into a relationship with them. 
So that's the first one, pretty black and white. The second one is a little bit gray because this is this has more to do with a mature Christian marrying an immature Christian. Just because they go to church or they're saved and they're serving God and living the straight and narrow doesn't automatically mean that they would be good husband or wife material for you. They might be good for somebody else, but not for you. And this is where you have to, you know, test the spirits and make sure you are compatible before you enter into marriage covenant with them. And that's where like the whole dating and becoming friends uh, comes into play because you're getting to know that person, what their life goals are, what their convictions are. Um, Even though they are a Christian, that doesn't automatically mean that you're going to be equally yoked with them. So I have several reasons why we shouldn't compromise in this area. So number one, of course, the most important reason is because God says don't do it and God knows what's best for you. So I would say, you know, it's safe to trust him. Number two is don't compromise or marry an unbeliever or somebody you're unequally yoked to for your own faith and salvation. Um, I know we live in a world where they say, well, I love that person and, you know, Simply loving somebody is not a justifiable reason to marry them. You could love someone who is bad for you, like drug addicts. They love drugs, but you can see how it damages their life. And you, uh, I'm sure you have seen or heard so many stories where a married person um, opens themselves up to an extramarital relationship because they love this other person. They put themselves in that situation. So love is really not a basis for you to disobey God's law. Okay. And then also, this is a decision you're going to have to live with the rest of your life. So you don't want to make a long term or lifelong permanent decision based on a temporary short term feeling of loneliness. So, you know, whether you've been single for your whole life, like myself, like I've never been in a relationship or you just got out of a relationship or maybe a few months or a couple of years. For most people, the length of your singleness is going to be shorter than the actual length of your marriage. And so you want to make a wise decision. And once you marry that person, you are bound to them for life. So, you know, by biblical standards, you enter into covenant with them before God, before man. And even if they seem like they're the right person now and you're all starry eyed, eventually that infatuation is going to wear off and you're going to see the situation for what it is. And you won't be able to get out of it simply because, oh, I should have married a believer and I didn't. So I need to get out of this marriage. And once you're in it, you're bound for life and you're going to have to make it work. And God's grace will help you through that. Another reason to not compromise is for the other person. You are not doing them a favor. You cannot save them. You are not the Messiah. And then I've known people who have this mentality 
Um, there's several terms for it. There's flirty fishing. There is flirt to convert, missionary dating, and a few other terms that I've heard over the years. But it's, we joke about it. But honestly, it's kind of dangerous to have that mindset because you cannot change that person and you cannot marry them in hopes. Oh, once we get married, they'll come to Christ. First, let God change that person so you won't have to. So get out of their way. Let God deal with them in his timing. God has an appointment with everybody and he will deal with them and they will come to salvation. No to know Christ. And by that point, who knows, they, God might have somebody else for them, just like he has somebody else for you. So dating an unbeliever is not doing them any justice. Another reason to not compromise is for your children. So most couples, when they get married, are going to have kids, not all, but most will. And what values are, are you going to put in your children? How are you going to raise them? Are they going to go to church? Are they not going to go to church? What are you going to tell them about God when one parent believes in God and maybe the other one doesn't? And you're raising kids in contradiction and that is going to affect them when they grow up. And how are you going to discipline the kids? Because one, if your discipline is Bible based and the other one isn't. And what about social life? You might not want to expose them to certain things and your spouse doesn't really care. So there's so many other factors, but you know, kids are also going to take the brunt of that decision. And my last reason, and probably the most important, I would say, is for the purpose of marriage. So God created marriage for more than just our happiness. Yes, that is a byproduct of a good, healthy marriage and stuff is, is happiness. But there's so much more that God was thinking about when he created marriage. And he basically wanted to create this family unit that would raise the next generation of Christians and they will grow and duplicate and go on generation after generation, create Christians so we can go out and share the gospel with the world and so lives could be saved, right? So marriage is about fulfilling God's will and purpose. So if you're unequally yoked, this is going to be hard to do. So whether you're a Christian marrying an unbeliever, you're not going to be able to fulfill God's original purpose for marriage in the first place. Or if you are marrying an immature Christian, you're not going to excel to where God wants you to be unless both of you are maturing at the same level. I heard a quote once. It says, a marriage is only as strong as the weakest person. Now, of course, I'm not married, but I'm sure there are some marrieds out there who can probably testify to that. And if you are unequally yoked, that's that much more that the marriage is weaker. So you want to marry somebody who you can fulfill God's calling with, whatever your calling is, whether you're called to be a pastor or a missionary or to be a pillar and be an example or mentor and disciple men and women and show them how to be a Christian individual, how to be a Christian family, that can only be done if both of you are spiritually mature. So my advice to my fellow singles out there is just wait on God's timing. You know, even if it feels like you've been waiting for forever, look at the Bible. There's so many stories of people waiting 
uh, for years for their promises to come through. So you are in good company. He has the best plans for you. So if you can imagine what the future would look like, then he has bigger plans. You know, it's not big enough uh, for God. So if you just truly surrender to him and let him take control of that. I know it is easier said than done, but this is somebody who's actually been there, um, somebody who, who is there, uh, you know, talking to you. So it's not like somebody who got married at like 16, had their first child at 17 and, you know, trying to tell you, oh, just hang in there, just be strong, single. And then you're like in your 30s, 40s and 50s, you know, trying to um, live the single life. So I know this struggle is real, but God is so gracious and he's so faithful and he'll give you the strength. And if you did marry an unbeliever, um, maybe you made that decision, you made that compromise. Hope is not lost. You know, God is so good. His grace abounds. Um, yes, you might be living with the consequences, but God will help you and he can give you the strength to have the strong faith and you can still be an example to your spouse and you can still be an influence to your kids and to the community, the church family that God has given you. So it's not like all hope is lost at all. And, you know, there are a couple of scriptures that I want to share with you. The Bible says that do not be yoked with unbelievers for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common or what fellowship can light have with darkness. So there it is. It's in Corinthians. You know, I encourage you to open it up and read for yourself if you want to, but use that as a reminder. And secondly, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So God knows what you need before you even ask. He's got you and it's not like he's punishing you or anything. It's not like um, you've done something wrong and don't try to fix it. Meddling doesn't help. We all know, ask Sarah, what happens when you try to meddle and fix things. You don't want a Hagar in Ishmael in your life. So don't try to fix it on your own. Let God be the author of your life. Take your hands off the pen. Let God do the writing of your story. And this is a topic that's very personal to me because I am actually a product of an unequally yoked marriage. So my mother was saved, loved God, but my father wasn't when we were growing up. So we had to live with the consequences of that. So I have seen what an unequally yoked marriage looks like, and I don't want that for myself. Um, thank God later my dad got saved a few years before he went on to be with the Lord. He um, passed away several years ago. But growing up, as far as my childhood, um, I lived right in the middle of this. So it's don't take it lightly because your children are going to reap the seeds that were sown. And God's grace, you know, he's so gracious and I'm saved and, you know, living for him and stuff. But um, I know what uh, being unequally looks like. I'd rather stay single the rest of my life than have to marry somebody who doesn't believe what I believe or have the same convictions because that is going to affect the rest of my life. And simply being lonely is not a reason to compromise because I know there are a lot of married people who are still lonely. They're emotionally, spiritually, relationally lonely because they put on another human being only what God could fulfill. So they're still coming up short. 
So if you're out there and you're single and maybe this is something that you have been contemplating, there's somebody that you say, well, he's such a nice person or she has great character. Those can be true. But if they are not a believer or if you're not equally yoked with them, then I would advise you or suggest that you reconsider because this is going to have long-term effects. So talk to somebody if you have a mature friend and just explain like, hey, this is what's going on. I have feelings for this person. I probably shouldn't have, you know, help me through this and, you know, uh, do whatever you need to do to get out of that situation. You know, I wouldn't recommend you dating somebody who is not a believer if you are. Now, if both of you are non-believers, hey, you're equally yoked. And hopefully, you know, in time, you'll both come to know Christ and you can have the marriage that God intends you to have. So this week, the book recommendation is Sacred Search by Gary Thomas. This is a great book and I recommend it to all singles, whether you are dating or engaged or um, even married. So even if you are married, because not all marriages started off on the right foundation. So that, you know, some conversations that might have been omitted. The book has some good questions and conversations to have um, to establish that foundation as a couple. But I highly recommend this book. I've read it through several times, I think maybe three or four times over the the last uh, few years and I'm a great fan of Gary Thomas and his writing but um, please read this book the link is in the bio once again they're not a sponsor but you know um, these books have impacted me and I want to share that wisdom with you and that is it for today folks thank you once again for joining me here in the waiting room Look out for my next episode. And in the meantime, please share this podcast with a friend. So if you know singles who are struggling with this, please share this podcast. I hope it will help them. And I'd love to hear your feedback. And I keep asking, and some of you do write in, but I know more of you could. So send me an email or send me a message on Instagram, or you can leave a message on my website. The links are in the description. I want to hear your experience. Have you dated a non-believer? Have you, or did you marry a non-believer? Or what have you learned uh, during your season of singleness and waiting and uh, compromising, not compromising and all of that? So please write in. I look forward to hearing from you. Until then, take care. Thank you.